0: Hey, what's up, and welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 6, Episode 2. Today we're talking about Tales from the Hood, from 1995, directed by Rusty Cundiff. I'm Joel Escola, And I'm Sean O'Rourke. Welcome to The Dumpster. We're back with another anthology movie, Joe. I'm loving it. More uh, anthologies, please. Could not wait to talk about this one. This one's been in the pipe for a while. Yeah. Um. I know. I know some of you dumpster dwellers have been waiting for this episode, and here we go. We're we're giving it to you hard and fast. Uh. But first, if you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor. Give like hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. You know. I know everybody and their mother tells you to hit the like and subscribe button, but it really does help. We'd really appreciate it. And uh. You know. Share share this video after you're done watching it. That would be great. You don't want Mr. Sims coming after you. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to this episode, uh, give it five stars in your podcast app of choice, please. And uh, I think Spotify might do the thumbs up also. You you can rate it on Spotify. Uh, you can rate it on Apple Podcast definitely and Google Podcast wherever you get your podcast. There is some type of rating system, yes. so you know hit that whatever the highest one of that is definitely and leave a review. We love to yes. hear from you too. And uh, we also have Patreon content that is associated with this. Uh, we have a commentary track coming out, or it may be out by now, for New Jack City. Yeah, that's going to be as, a good one. As part of our look at exploitation films this month. Uh, we also have a watch-along coming out for Don't Be a Menace. Don't know the full name, Joe. Help me out. To South Central while you're drinking juice in the hood. There you go. And uh, we also have a mini sewed for the $2 tier, um, Bones. And uh, we also have a junk mail that had just come out... Th- at the beginning of the season here. So we're kind of just getting everything rolled out. This is yep. kind of the new normal. This is the new normal. You're going to get two main episodes. Yes. You're going to get a mini soda on Patreon. You're going to get a junk mail on Patreon, depending what we get. Yes. If we have stuff to show. Um, And you're going to get a commentary track on Patreon and a live watch along. Live watch along. Four, five, and ten tier. And we do also have a ripe review of Shin Ultraman. Uh, again, the the release schedule on that either is coming or is already out. Yes, so check but the, that out. But you're at least going to get one ripe review too. Yes, yes. So uh, for 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 the for the free content. Um, by the way, if you're listening on your podcast app, you might have noticed that there are ads on yes. the episodes now. You can get your episodes, your audio versions of this show, ad free for two dollars a month on that Patreon. So, and you, and you also get the mini sods and junk mail. So it's yeah, like, exactly. okay. you get way more than just the uh, the episode if D- you yeah, sign up. Free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with that being said, let's jump into Tales from the Hood. Yes. Uh, now, this is my first viewing. Again, this is I one, I don't know. I can't believe that. It's just one I just never got around to. Really? You know, always saw the, the cover, always kind of jumped out. It's so fucking iconic, yes, dude. Yes. This VHS, I remember seeing this in the store. You couldn't keep me the fuck away from this. I, it's, I get it. it's, it's It's a it's a, a the holographic glasses and not everything. Not holographic. It's just like a shiny. It's like a chrome. Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck you'd call that. But like, it's all reflective and shit. It's like a, a skull, skull. A gold tinge almost. Yeah. Like, uh, yes. Sign me up. I'm picking this up and I am watching this for sure. I'm renting this, which I did. Ah, uh, but I'm glad I watched it. I guess yeah. is 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 my point there because this was a lot of fun. Um, I think it's a blast and like, I remember the trailer for this specifically. And it had that the classic trailer voice on it, like the guy who oh. talks like this. Tales from the Hood, chill, or be chilled. I mean, I don't need to be hearing this, man. The music and stuff in that trailer, I just remember so vividly, and I'm like, oh my god, like I, I got to see this this horror movie. Um, but also uh, at the time, you know, Tales from the Crypt. The t- the the resurgence of the t- or the the I don't want to call it a remake, but like uh, well the right. television show because there was the one from seventy oh, yeah. two, the Amicus one from seventy two, but um, which we'll talk about in a second. Okay, uh, but uh, the, the the HBO was had the Tales from the Crypt show on at this time when this when this was out, um, which was re- now this movie was released in theaters, but hmm. when it came to video, it was released by HBO Video and Savoy Pictures. Huh? Yeah. So So does it actually have a relation to Tales from the Crypt then? No. Well, or not just happened a, to be HBO y- well, coincidentally. yes but no. Okay. Which we'll get to. Oh, okay. Uh, basically the the relationship of this and Tales from the Crypt is the fact that uh Rusty Cundiff and uh Darren Scott were fans of Creepshow okay. and Tales from the Crypt and Twilight Zone and the Amicus uh anthology movies. Sure, which which Totally shows in the film. Yeah, oh, big time. Um, and speaking of Amicus, you know, we didn't mention it at all uh, at any of those rev- uh, anthology <laughs> movies on the Creep Show episode because it was just a packed episode. And I really yeah. wanted to focus on that. And I know that I said that uh, Show is the best anthology movie, and I still stand by sure. that. But it's not the first. There, there's so many. There's so many, but like Amicus is responsible for it. Well, actually, Dead of Night was the kickoff, right? right and right, that right. was in 45, I think. Something um, like that. And then Amicus put out Dr. Terror's House of Horrors and uh, Tales from the Crypt. And there's so many. Uh, the uh, the House that Drip Blood, Torture Garden. Um, you know, there's a ton of well, good there... anthology movies that Amicus had put out predating Creepshow. Sure, and there's there's stuff that's even around Creepshow or more modern. Like, we've talked before, like, I think it was Cat's Eye was well, one. Well, there's Cat's Eye, yeah, but I'm I talking mean, specifically no, leading yeah. up to... Sh- yeah. Sure, sure, but I'm just saying there's also just... Anthology films in general are just always kind of fun to look at. I guess oh, yeah. just to piggyback off of what you're saying, I suppose is what I mean. I'll i like we, we we did Body Melt, which is kind of a uh, uh anthology. I mean, not not in the pure sense of like this or creep show. But it feels like But it. if you break it yeah. down, it kind of counts, it kinda counts. Um I'll go out. I'll just put it right out there. I think I think um anthology movies are my favorite movies okay and we talk a lot about that on the the talks from the dark side show sure. uh which is back now go check it out yes, every yes. tuesday baby um and uh creep show and on and, and like i don't know i just have a connection to these things and i and i like and we, we've talked about it a lot. oh yeah we've yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. it no, at, yeah. at nausea on <laughs> I, 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 the creep show yeah. episode and talks from the dark side no, i agree yeah. i agree yeah might not be my favorite but they are really fun yeah oh absolutely i mean it's I think the most fun about it is being able to tell different stories in a short capacity. So you get like five little movies instead of one big one. Well, and a lot of stories work it, better like that yeah well especially when you include the wraparound and I like the way yeah. they do the wraparound in this one you don't just get it at the beginning and end. it's kind of like after each segment you kind of come back to it and like yes alright what's the next part of this puzzle of, of Tales from the Hood the way that they structure it is really yeah, cool which fun. we'll talk about um, but yeah if you're new to the show and, and this is your first rodeo with us uh, this is the second season of the or the second episode of the sixth season but uh, what we do is we we tell a little ba- uh, backstory behind the scenes uh, the trivias if you will and then we talk about the movie. Um this movie scared the shit out of me as a kid by the way. I could see it. Um it has all the hallmarks of the things that really scared me. Uh like dolls coming to life and like yeah. um zombies, zombies and 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 uh um going insane or a, yeah. having like a psychosis thing, like okay. like really weird kind of shit sure. like that. But like as an adult I can appreciate all the themes that we're going to talk about in this. Yeah. Because it it, it melds them together really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the social political commentary with the horror movie. And that, that's the best way to do horror. In my yeah. Mind. And there's a lot. In and the there's show. a lot. Yeah. But not, not in a bad not way, not in a bad way and not as heavy handed as say, I don't know, Disco Godfather. <laughs> Weirdly enough. <laughs> yeah, actually. So this was actually born out of a stage show that Rusty Cundiff, uh, was putting on at the time it was like a it was like a well, one act stage play hmm. uh what was it called it was called the the black horror show and darren scott actually i forgot to grab it can you do me a favor and grab me offspring the or the offspring off that shelf off the shelf please thank you very much I forgot to put this out on the table because it's relevant. It's also another anthology movie and it has Vincent Price in it, but it was also written by Darren Scott and directed by an MDU alumni, Jeff Burr. Um, Jeff now, Burr! now this movie was, is, was like, if you try to look this up, yeah, it's from a whisper to a scream. That's oh, okay. the anthology. Okay. But uh, for whatever reason, they, when they released this uh, on tape they called it the offspring. Okay. Clue Gallagher's in this. It's very good. Hmm. Um, but so, so with, uh, with Rusty doing that stage show and, uh, Darren doing the offspring and like, or from a whisper to a scream rather, and writing from a whisper to a scream, they got together. And they made Tales from the Hood because they kind of just melded together. Because uh, Darren had a very strong knack for like all the horror stuff. Okay. And where uh, Rusty had more of the political driven things behind it. But when they got together Peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah, man. Peanut butter and chocolate. And like it (laughs) melds very well. And they worked really well together. Yeah. And that's how this movie came to be. But another thing that I love, um, of course, that we talk a lot about is the special effects. And this is a fucking cocktail of effects houses because the coolest, one of the coolest things about Tales from the Hood is that they treated each segment, um, they wanted to give it a different flavor. So Mm. they hired different effects houses to do each segment. Smart. Which I thought was fucking cool. So we got... K and B kicking ah, up in yeah. here for um for the for the for the asshole cop one. Okay. We got Screaming Mad George in here for the devil effects. At I, just the saying, end. I thought I saw Kyoto's name sprinkled in there somewhere. Yeah, well Screaming Mad George does um the stuff with the uh, David Allen Gru segment, okay. and he does the the stuff with um the devil at the end mm. and uh the Kyotos do all of the doll stuff and the stop motion oh, and shit. Oh, okay. So and then Kenneth Hall, uh Kenneth oh, okay, J Hall, yeah. excuse me, um You probably best know him. Well, I best know him for writing Puppet Master because I fucking love that movie. But like, he's also the special effects um, supervisor for this movie. So he's doing a bunch of shit uh, in this, which I thought was really cool. And Mike Deke is even in there. Like, really? Yeah. There's just like so many fucking people in this, like getting together and and sprinkling uh, the goodness all over it. Um, And it feels really good. Yeah. I would say that I don't really have a problem with any of the effects in this film. No, they're fucking great. Consistent throughout. Yeah. And the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about was um, the sequels to this movie. I saw that. Okay. So 2018 and 2020. Yeah. Which is pretty removed from 1995. I'm going to go out on a limb here before you say what you're going to say and say, is this, or, or or take a guess, I guess I should say, is this a Creepshow 3 situation? I don't know, because I've never seen them. Okay, okay. Also, I I forgot to mention before, but this is also produced by Spike Lee. Now, here's the thing. Yes, I saw that in the credits. Now, here's the thing. Tales from the Hood 2 comes out in 2018. I've never seen it, all right? Keith David is now playing Mr. Sims, which we'll get to. Um, Okay. So, instead of uh, Clarence Williams, it's now Keith David playing the Mr. Sims character. But I could see it. But... Rusty and Darren come back to write it and direct it and Spike Lee fucking produces again. So maybe it's good then. Maybe it's good. I don't know. I've never seen it. Then Tales from the Hood 3 comes out in 2020. Okay. So it's a very quick turnaround on that one. So pretty quick, I I would say. But now Tony Todd takes the place. Now he doesn't play Mr. Sims in three, but he's more he's the narrator. You know, he's the, the host, if you will, in that one, which is also written and directed by by Rusty and Darren, and also produced by Spike Lee. So the team stays together for the next two sequels. Well, I guess- Which at, is pretty impressive. At the very least, something to at least check out, or maybe- whether in our own time or on the show down the line, if maybe they'll be good if the, the original people are mostly involved. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen them. Hey, let us know in the comments yeah. if you've seen Tales from the Hood two or Tales from the Hood three or both. And you know, do they do they stack up to the original? Are they as good as it? Or are uh, they at least close? Are they worth watching? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm open to the idea. I just can't really comment on them because sure. I don't know too much. Sure. But I wanted to talk about them a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, do you want to plot crunch this or do you want me to plot crunch it? Um, I. I Pluck crunchy, yeah. Okay, so, go ahead. Go for two. Here we go. Uh, so, so basically, <laughs> your setup is that the uh, these three guys, three gang members, uh, a, a bull, bulldog stack and ball. Yeah. Uh, they come up to this funeral home because they have some business to take care of. Uh, and you're introduced to Mr. Sims, who basically takes us on this journey. Uh, as he kind of shows these guys, these different people in uh, their caskets, and tells them, well, how they died, as he's walking them around this funeral home, which seems like for for eons. And the means to the end is the shit. The shit. Uh, yeah, well, and, and the point is, each story is a, a different anthology or segment in the anthology, yes. and then we kind of, uh, it all comes together with a bow on it at the end. <laughs> so right out of the gate, we get this really cool intro that I really like. And there's like, it's like this skeleton and there's like the, like, oh, like yeah. the shot to this, like fucking skeleton. That's like all has like sunglasses and like a gold <laughs> tooth and a fucking <laughs> yeah, gap. It's kind of cool. And, uh, the score is so fucking good, dude. Chris Young is kicking up here, man. Um, it's really good. Um, and if you don't know who Chris Young is, he did the the iconic score for Hellraiser. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chris Young's great. Yeah, we the... got to meet him. Chris and I met him at the Count Basie Theater when they did a show oh, in really? Hellraiser. He was so cool. Hmm. He was like, I remember meeting him at the bar. Like we like went down and we like saw him and we were talking to him, and we were like at the bar, and he like signed my DVD or whatever. But we were telling him at the time we were talking about fearless Screams and like producing all the shit and uh he was like yeah he, he like gave us his phone number oh, and wow. his email I was like yeah hit me up if you if you need like a score and stuff i'm like holy shit i might I hold you that chris I'm coming I, for you I, I mean he knocked out of the park in this film and yeah. i think uh, all the licensed music and this is really good also yeah. uh yeah so so they go into the funeral home and they're talking to him and they want they want their stuff joe they're not the stuff they want the shit. the shit their drugs or whatever it is it's drugs that they're trading <laughs> for money is the point <laughs> And he's like, oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. It's, it's in this other room, though. But first, let me tell you about this guy in this fucking casket. <laughs> the way that. This but, guy, Martin. I, I think that's a disservice to the fact, like, how we're introduced to Clarence Williams. Because they go up. to no, you're They're there at The Sims. Uh, funeral, funeral home or whatever they're all going up there and they're trying to like work up the courage to go up because they're kind of scared oh, of it yeah, but no, like right, they're yeah. also being fucking tough guys about it yeah that's that's a good point and they're all fucking let me tell you something I wouldn't be smoking a fucking joint going into a spooky joint like that joint smoking a joint yeah that's a good point well yeah but like getting all fucking high and then getting going into some scary place I don't think so I might have to get high to go into a scary place, but <laughs> really? I, I feel what you're My saying. My fucking senses would be like, oh, I'd be like yeah. jumping at everything. I, I need that extra boost. Yeah. Um, so, so Clarence Williams like pulls the fucking thing up and scares the shit out oh, of these yeah, guys. Yeah. And the one dude, Stack, fucking runs into like a signpost and fucking knocks himself yeah. out. Oh, yeah. It's, they gotta give him medical attention yeah, when he's praying. man. So they bring him inside, they give him ice and shit. And then he's like, all right, where the fuck's the shit? And he's yeah. Like, the shit? The shit uh, yeah, the shit. And he's like, yeah, the drugs, motherfucker. He's like, ah, the drugs. Yes. And he's like, well, how about I tell you this story? He's like, I don't, we don't want a fucking ghost story or nothing. Right, and, and, and just for, let me clarify, I said Martin, it's Clarence in, in the uh, casket. Martin is a key key character in this yes. story, though. <laughs> oh, later, yeah. An MDU icon, actually, well, believe Claren- it or not. Well, Clarence Williams yes, is what I meant by Clarence. But I'm saying the character that is in the casket is named Clarence. Yes. That is a little confusing. I get what you're saying. So let me, let's back that up real quick. Clarence Williams plays Mr. Sims. We will here on out refer to him as Mr. Sims because there is a character character named named Clarence. Clarence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. So he opens his casket and he tells a story about this guy, uh, Clarence. And there's like lessons or like things that he like tells them about the story of this dead body before we kind of jump into right the, uh, the sure. segment. Yeah. So this first segment is called, um, rogue cop revelation. Woo. This is a heavy one, man. Yeah, I mean, man. Oh, a lot of these are are kind of rough but this first one. They yeah. just literally just start going in, you know, right for the fucking jugular. They jump right into it. Um, and Anthony Griffith it, plays Clarence. Yes. He's a new cop. He's a, cop on the beat um and he's teamed up with uh not richard Brake, not richard Brake, michael <laughs> massey baby uh who plays newton and they roll up on wings and Dwayne whitaker so these scumbag cops have uh martin morehouse pulled over who's like this uh councilman for the town and he's basically cracking down on like crooked cops and like cops that are selling drugs and shit and he you know police brutality against you know black people and stuff like that so they're like yeah no yeah your taillight was out and they smash it oh, yeah, with yeah fucking you know billy club and everything and fucking wings and dwayne whitaker are, like beating the shit out of this guy like fucking with him yeah. like big time it, it's also of no clarence is black and that's kind of plays into it later but they're just like yeah uh ignore this go look up his car to yeah, make yeah. sure it's not stolen run his plate yeah and he's like uh okay so when he goes to do that they like this is like one of the I remember this like as a kid it was like it's even it's even fucked up now but like it really like made me feel like it's very impactful this part yeah they beat the shit out of this guy and this fucking they smash his fucking head into the the mirror wings like throws his fucking head through like the window yeah and then they're like beating the shit out of him and it's all to this like uh old old blues tune yeah I don't know who it is but um yeah it's uh to cut the tension, though, uh, you, you know who this is, right? Who? Tom Wright. Thanks for the ride, lady. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> Mr. Ben, ben Dover. Oh, no, it's Ben Dover. This man can't die, as we're going to find out shortly. Oh, my God. He, that's okay. That's what, literally the same actor. That's what happened? Creepshow two. That's what happened? Yeah, right. He he, you know we we were talking about like he was on the side of the road. Right. We did a commentary track on Patreon for Creep Show Two. For, yes. for reference. Yeah, to, to tie this up, go over to Patreon, listen to the Creep Show Two commentary track. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking like he wasn't like a bum or anything on the side of the road. Like he actually in the, in like the hitch, was a hitchhiker. The hitchhiker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he he under his under his raincoat it was like a Gucci raincoat (laughs) he had like really expensive clothes car just broke down down so yeah it was this it was like the alternate timeline of this situation yeah uh yeah this it happened again he (laughs) broke down but this time he got fucking murdered by the police (laughs) oh my god or he might as well have been because then uh you know rookie cop Clarence comes out and he tries to stop him but really doesn't and they're just like yeah don't worry about it we're taking him to the hospital don't sweat it yeah we need to get you to a hospital so him and Newton like drive off and um, Hauser and fucking Dwayne, um, <laughs> Dwayne Whitaker, like put him in the car and drive him to this dock, to the docks. And he's like, and Wing has, hauser's like, by the way, yep, the fucking cops are selling drugs, you piece of shit. And he like shoots him up with like, f- I don't know what heroin, I heroin, guess heroin. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah. You're never going to tell anybody. There goes your legacy because we're going to make you out to be a drug addict piece of shit. And they fuck, they throw the fucking like two kilos in his trunk and they drive him off a fucking dock. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, flash forward a year. Clarence is now a drunk. He quit the force. He couldn't handle the pressure. Just
1: the conscience. He, he, he didn't Because yeah.
0: like the other cops are like, yeah, you know, the number one rule is, you know, you don't tell another cops like no matter what. And he's yeah. like, uh oh, yeah, but this is fucking ridiculous. Obey the code. But he, he basically keeps hearing this voice in his head, I guess, over the course of literally a year, I guess it's implied uh, of Mr. Martin kind of yelling. Bring them to me. Yeah, he's he's like, you don't know if it's like. Like Jacob Marley almost. You kind of. You don't know if it's like the DTs or some shit. And he's yeah. just like all fucked up. And he ends up like bringing Wingshauser and yeah. uh, Dwayne Whitaker and um, not, uh, not Richard Brake, Mike uh, Massey to the fucking <laughs> to, to the, the graveyard. graveyard, to the MDU graveyard, to yeah. the MDU graveyard. They wave this Uncle Sam. Hey, how you doing? Uncle Sam's over there. Lionel's mother's being pissed on. And yeah. now uh, now somebody else is getting pissed. Unfortunately, on. Martin's going to get pissed on. So <laughs> the plan is so. So Clarence is there. And he's yeah. like, I brought you all. He's like, Wings Hatter's like, what the fuck did you bring us here for? He's like, it's the anniversary of the time that you killed that fucking guy. And he's like, you motherfucker. So we didn't kill him. We, we didn't, didn't kill we him. We didn't kill nobody. What are you talking he about? He jumped out of the car. We don't know what happened to him. So they, so he convinces these guys to like go to his grave. Right. And the plan is. But they're like, yeah, yeah Clarence M- ain't making it out of here. M- Mike Massey and Wings Houser are going to shoot Clarence in the fucking head and leave him in the, in yeah. the uh, cemetery. So they go to the grave. And Clarence is like, yeah, I don't know what to do now. Like, I brought him here. Now what? Wingshauser goes over and fucking pisses on this guy's grave. And then... Makes Dwayne Whitaker do it? Yeah, like forces him like, oh. you got to do it too. He's like, I don't got to take a piss, man. I just left. I, I, I pissed before we left. And He's like, go piss now. Yeah. He like makes him piss on this fucking guy's grave. So Martin finally comes back from the dead and grabs this dude by the cock and like smashes his fucking head yes. into the headstone For, and where they him, just pissed, by the way, and pulls him underground. Yes. And he disappears. Literally like yeah. quicksand. Yeah. It's awesome. And then this fucking zombie bursts out of the ground like with a fucking massive explosion, uh, more or less. There's a huge explosion of sand and dirt and everything. And Dwayne Whitaker's like in a casket with his fucking heart ripped out, uh, and the zombie's like, like, there like, with the heart holding it. It's fucking great. And this zombie looks amazing. He looks so good. It left his sign in the in the casket though. I love, uh, <laughs> I love his voice. Yeah, and like how it booms and shit. And, and it's kind of like a traditional zombie with mm. teleportation powers because that's. That's what they're going for here. It's really, <laughs> it's really good. It's done really well. I think it's better. I think this is a better zombie than the hitchhiker it, zombie, the, which was funny that he played that character in both because I couldn't stop thinking this is a better idea. This is a better version of that idea in Creepshow too, yeah. even though they are only slightly similar. I don't think I don't think Stephen King was thinking uh, had the mindset. No, of, uh, clearly not of crooked cops and affecting the black community. But yeah, it's like a black guy, huh? Uh, so they try to get the fuck out of Dodge, and this thing like it just was kind of saying starts teleporting around. Like it gets behind them, even though they're like speeding past it. Oh, there's teleports great- into the car. It's a great car chase yeah. thing where they're like crashing into shit. He, uh, Martin, like the zombie, like puts his hands into the fucking roof and pulls Wingshauser out and rips his fucking head off. You just get the fucking blood shooting out of the neck. It's kind of <laughs> great. And Mike Bass is like. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> He gets it the worst. The, well, I mean, fuck him. Who cares? Oh, it's but great. He's, he's running away. Well, first he fucking shoots the car and it like explodes. Oh, right. Well, and, right. which is pretty awesome. Well, another thing of note, just before we, we wrap up this segment, they do shoot him. And he's a zombie, so it, does yeah, nothing. it doesn't work. But anyway, so the the zombies chasing him through this like park or whatever. And then like because of I guess he shot him up before he was killed to make him look like a drug addict. The zombies firing these like the blue rage out of mystery men at this guy. Oh these fucking needles hitting him into a wall. Yeah, but like the the zombie like Martin like picks up Mike Massey. Oh yeah 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 and like he like rips his chest off and there's like a crack pipe inside Oh yeah. And then and then he like levitates the fucking uh, hyperdrobic needles and like pins him to the wall in like a on a crucifix. Speaking of creep show, yeah. Oh man. The last shot is he fires one down his fucking throat <laughs> like into his mouth. <laughs> And he fucking melts yeah. into the wall and then becomes a piece of the graffiti. Well, right, because that's part of it. There's this graffiti and yeah. this art of uh, Martin when he was alive. Yeah. And it's just like, then he's part of the picture and everything is cool. Yeah, well, it's like it's there to symbolize the fact that like he was responsible for it. And like this crooked cop, like, you know, and yeah. the graffiti there was to, to, to like, be a part of the community and like how this guy was really helpful to it. And no, he was, like, was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and his uh, image was, was ruined. Yeah. Completely. So he picks up fucking Clarence who who thinks he's like, he's like, okay. free. Like, wow, we, 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 whew, we fit. We solved that. We're, We're good. good. You're all good. Right. And he's like, you motherfucker. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Why didn't you help me when I was alive? And he's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. So he now he's in an insane asylum. Yeah, this well. ends like a Lovecraft story. He's it in an insane does. asylum and it gets pinned on him, the three deaths of these cops. And now he's like in there for life. It's great. It's a really good one. Uh what do you yeah. think of the, what do you think of this one? I think it's great. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable, which again they're clearly that's what they're going for. Especially like the I gotta beat tell you down something. this guy gets Ugh. and the, the head smashed into the fucking driver's side mirror. That and makes everything. me fucking cringe every time. And like yeah. the blood cascading yeah. down almost like, like almost like the crown of Christ or something, like that thorn crown. Yeah. Mm uh it's like fucked up man but like they get their just desserts and that's kind of what you want to see even even the guy who thought like well i i didn't help but i felt bad about it's like well no you still didn't help and this man still was framed for all this and you just did nothing yeah but but lose yourself in the bottle yeah and so so you're you're not you're not getting off either like even though you blamed yourself or whatever you still didn't do anything about it. right just because you were the rookie that means shit yeah it's kind of great yeah I'm probably going to say this a few times in this sure. review, but like the way that the social and political message is like put through on this one with the um, supernatural element is really fucking good. Now, we said this at the beginning, but the way that this film blends and the way that it's written, the way that Darren and Rusty wrote this, um, the way that it blends both things, mm. it puts... The humans as the monsters first. And we talk about that a lot oh, yeah. on like other anthologies and stuff. But th- then it has like sort of like a supernatural element to it, whether it be the resolution or, or the comeuppance rather, right? Yeah. But um that's a fucking real scary thing that happens all the time. And it's still uh, happens. Yeah. So it but to like see it like that is oh, like, yeah. really f- and, uh, and it's, it's fucked played, up it's played hyper seriously yeah. it's not like it's played it's for a goofy, laugh at all no. Like, this, but this film was pitched as a fucking goofy thing because they the, the uh, Savoy didn't want to have any political message running through it, it like, in the advertising nowhere near as memorable I would say I but think I, a, g- I guess we don't know a lot of people didn't see this when it came out because, because of that because they it thought was it was like some stupid oh, thing that's a shame Yeah. anyway it's really good and I, I think this segment uh, is very good Yes, and then we uh we kind of cut back, we kind of get a little uh, in between with Sims and and the boys, and then he says, "All right, yeah, uh, follow like, me, follow right, me." Right, to where's this stuff? the shit? Oh, the shit. I, this is like fucking Piccolo leading Majin Buu around the goddamn <laughs> temple so that drunks and Goten could get a few more minutes in the fucking. <laughs> The, what was the hyperbolic time chamber, for yeah. God's sakes? This guy's like going in circles around this funeral home. Yeah, oh, the oh, shit, it's this way. And he like takes him downstairs. Yeah. And he comes across another casket. Yeah. And this time there's like this burnt mass of shit in it. And they're like, what the fuck happened to him? Now this one's prompted by them. <laughs> wow. Well, this story's prompted by them. This thing's pretty fucking disgusting well, they They're like super like curious about yeah. this morbid fucking slop in front of them. So, um, I was like, ah, let me tell you about Walter. Let me tell you about Walter. And, uh, you know, Walter has a good perception of reality and fantasy or something like that. Well, Walter's a mutant, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> FYI. <laughs> Walter, does like, he know Roland? Is he, is he, is ah, he, was he one of the characters from Yesterday's Target that wasn't uh, featured in that film? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's, I think that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Michael yeah. McDowell's looking for him. Yeah. absolutely. Season one, folks. <laughs> Daniel Baldwin film Yesterday's Target. Look it up. So this this segment's called uh boys do get bruised. Yeah, oh man, another tough one. I don't think any of these aren't a little tough. This yeah, again, this one deals with like domestic abuse um and with monsters at home. Yeah, well, the personification of monsters. Literally. Um and real the real life monsters um and how this kid like perceives what's happening right you know Uh, i i mean he straight up tells his teacher that his dad's dead but a monster lives at home so i that's i guess his coping mechanism i I guess but but yeah this kid walter he's new in town and uh, or at least new at the school yeah well we open up and we see like him in his room oh with the monster and you in. hear yeah. the monster like coming up the stairs and like opening the door yeah you see the arm you see the you like see the Rindle. the fucking hand come in yeah yeah but to to what i was saying he's a new student and then like on his first day or some shit first week at school he's getting the crap beat out of by this other kid yeah like he's introduced everybody and we get introduced to richard garvey who actually is who's the teacher and he that is a uh, rusty uh Yeah, yeah the director yeah exactly yeah. So, yeah, he goes outside for recess, and this kid, Tyrone, beats the shit out of him. But the key point is when they go to, like, kind of look over him after the fact, he's got this massive fucking black eye, and And they're like, yeah, that's a few days old. That wasn't just from the other kid beating on him. Ah, What's going on at home? And Mr. Garvey's like, you know, did you, did your mom do that? Did somebody at home, did your dad do that? And he's like, oh, my dad's dead. Right. Well, that's when he says that. He's like, it's a monster that comes home sometimes in my attic, and it's not scary. <laughs> there's a monster in my house, basically. Yeah, yeah, and then, like, there's even a scene a little after this where, like, the monster comes home, and it's, like, a r- Not to make light of it, because it is very intense, but it's kind of like our Dobby uh, uh, video from fucking... Uh, oh, yeah. The snow. Yeah, kind of. With, with him coming in, opening the door, and him looking scared, but uh, pretending it's Dobby and Charnetsky instead. Yeah, well, yeah. So, so yeah, So he's got this monster problem at home. Now, Mr. Garvey thinks it's, like... You know, something obviously that he's like putting in place of that. or like well, he, he draws how he too. copes. Yeah. So so he goes to him uh, at recess the next day and he's inside. He's drawing these pictures and he has a picture of the fucking monster. And that's why he's like, oh, well, you know, that's not real and blah, blah, blah. And Walter says to him, well, if I draw a picture, the little girl behind me told me, if I draw pictures of things that hurt me, I can hurt them. I can like destroy them or burn them up and it'll get rid of them. Right. So he has a picture of the monster and he has a picture of Tyrone. So they have this back and forth and and Mr. Garvey's like, look, you shouldn't be drawing pictures of this shit. Like we should actually talk about it. I want to talk with your mother. So let's set something up. Right, exactly. I'm going to come over tonight. After this conversation, uh, Walter like crumples up the picture of Tyrone And you just hear like all these bones breaking and this kid Ah! screams and it cuts to this fucking kid getting put on an ambulance. His fucking arms and legs are broken. They're like, he fell down the stairs, but I don't understand how both his legs and both his arms broke. What are the coincidence? What are the odds? (laughs) Uh, It's it's fucking weird. Meanwhile, you're sitting there like, huh, yeah, that was weird. Again, he's a mutant, FYI. Yeah. For some reason. (laughs) So Mr. Garvey goes to the house that night. Right. And he gets there and... um. He's talking to mom and he's basically like, look, Walter's, you know, I want to know what's going on with Walter because like he's coming into school with like bruises on him and a black eye and shit. Right. And he's talking about this monster that lives at home. Now, when he first talks to her, she, she's like, oh, it's Miss uh, whatever. Not Miss. Right. Right. And he's like, oh, my dad's dead. That's what he said before. And um, so he doesn't think that there's anybody no, else. Why, in the why house. would he? Yeah. So he's really confused. So they're talking and Walter comes in and she's like, what? What's all of this monster shit? Like, stop with the monster stuff, blah, blah, blah. Go to your room. You hear the car horn honk outside. And you're like, huh? And you're like, who the fuck is that? Because mom is like, oh shit. And he's like, mm, what's going on? So she's like, she's like, stay here, you know, be quiet. She goes out front and uh, David Allen Greer, of all people, <laughs> walks through the door Who who like, is from in living coloring stuff? If you guys have seen it, yeah, Blank blank Man, of course. Blank Man, Jumanji. Yeah, he's a comedian. So one uh, of the goats, I would uh, argue. Yeah, yeah, but in this, he's very serious and he plays a real piece of shit. So he comes in and he's like, he's like, oh, you know, you're fucking, uh, you know, why didn't you open the door for me or whatever? He's like, who's here? Teacher's here. So he comes in and he's talking and he's like, oh, you know, something's wrong with Walter. You know, like he he's keeps talking. There is an issue with Walter. Can, you know, can we talk about it? And he's basically like, oh, Walter keeps saying there's this monster and he's got bruises on him and shit. By the way, like he drew this picture of it. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, up. And also there's like kind of like while he's saying that, like the teacher's not reading the room Yeah, because the mom is just kind of like. Clearly, like, trying to get him to not say what he's saying based on, like, she's like, well, uh, nah, well, uh, yeah, because she knows, like, when he finishes what he says, <laughs> that just means Walter's gonna get his ass whipped. Yeah. Because this teacher has good intentions but doesn't realize that dad's like, oh, he's doing this at school? Oh, yeah. he's he's drawing me as a monster? Oh, hell no. Ugh. You know, literally. So they get him, so he tells him to leave. Yeah. And he leaves. Get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. Walter's in his room, and you hear, like, the monster coming up the stairs, so now it's all clicking right right yeah, exactly but when he opens the door he's got the fucking like monster hand which i'm still thinking he turns into one at this I, point i, I think you know? so or i think so but right? i guess it's the the literal just the he, figurative like, he like rolls up his sleeves and it like says like monster on his arm like a yeah. tattoo like he's yeah. a real piece of shit like as the teachers leave and he's already rolling them up so yeah. you know he's, he's about to whip some ass but when he walks in Walter you, you see the silhouette of his head and it's like a big monster. Big monster head. Yeah, I like that. And he goes up to he goes up to Walter and he's like, Oh, you little motherfucker. He's like you like drawing fucked up pictures of people, and then he starts beating the kid. He like picks him up and puts him against the wall. He's doing like one of these. He's doing like a fucking press. He's fucking 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 mom, mom striking mom him. Mom comes in and David Allinger beats the shit out of with her a belt. Punches her in the face and then beats her with like a belt. It's really like it's brutal. It's impactful, man. Um, Gar- Garvey, he's kind of just like getting like his shit together in the car before he leaves, and he, he sees David Alan up. Greer well, beating right. the shit out of her in the in the window. So he runs back in and he tries to help, but he just gets his ass kicked too. He fucking goes to fight David Allen Greer, and David Alan Greer beats the shit out of him. Well, then thank God Walter finally comes up with a bright idea. He I mean, has the picture yeah, the of Fritcher. the monster. This is brutal. <laughs> So, starts folding this motherfucker so up like origami He's about to hit mom with a fucking frying pan. Oh, and yeah. And he folds his arm and it like breaks backwards. Now, this is the Screaming Mad George stuff. It like oh, breaks backwards yeah. and like I Walter see it. like twists him and his whole fucking body twists. Yeah, the paper. Around. It's great. Fucking squishes him and he's just like a broken mess of shit on the ground. Like a blob. <laughs> mom steps on it. Oh, uh, I like the paper a, to finish him off. A yeah. Spray of blood happens. <laughs> and they, uh, and uh mr garvey's like all right he's like all right walter you know what to do and they fucking burn the picture on the stove it's like how the fuck are we gonna clean this up yeah and like and like david allen greer goes up in flames yeah and yeah screaming the whole time (laughs) and then we cut back to the fucking charred shit remains in the right in uh, the casket. then that's what that is black man's brother walter walter beat the monster Kill I me mean, i i do think this literally is the same character from blank man you know he was trying to get with that reporter woman in the movie but blank man does his brother who he considers to be just like an idiot savant and he's like so upset he just like goes off the deep end into like alcoholism and just like gets married and just turns into this mo- this massive piece of he's shit monster his kid yeah yeah all because of blank man oh man that's a he didn't have grandma to watch over him anymore that's a that's a dark turn for him right Let's hope that there there's a better uh, split timeline for old David. I, I, I somewhere hope so. In the movie Dumpster Universe, I hope so. What, what do you think of this one? Um, I like this one less, but I feel like the message is very good in this one. Especially yeah. like the intensity is really ratcheted up on this one too. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, it, it's more just like the impact of it, like the the shock, I guess, if you will. Uh. Is, is what makes this one. But I think overall, it's just kind of like, eh. Yeah. It's more fucked up than it, anything it, for me. It doesn't really like as a whole like jump out at me. It's just the, the situation is messed up, but I'm not like, eh, it, as far as an anthology goes, I'm like, eh, it's okay. I think this one resonates with me a lot. um, Like, especially on the kid side and like being mm. exposed to shit like that. Maybe not that extreme. Right. But like, it's a scary thing as a kid and and kind of dealing with that, uh, the fallout of that um, or being in that situation. And, sure. and, I, and I think it highlights, you know, domestic abuse on the whole. And like, if you've known anybody like that or experienced something like that, like it's fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah. And to see it portrayed that way is kind of brilliant the way they do it with like the monster stuff. But like, it's also great, too, because, again, they work in that fucking supernatural element with like this voodoo kind of thing where it's like, you know, you draw a picture of something and you could destroy it which yeah. i kind of love i love that angle of it um and just the fucking the ending of it is so good when he yeah. folds up the fucking paper and he david allen gear just turns into shit and breaks apart it's fucking great I, I guess the most like creep showy or 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 tales from the crypty kind of thing is that he just has random voodoo or or a uh, superpowers if you will well, you know in with general, the the paper i think but... it's i think it's power of intention really okay yeah, is what, yeah, is yeah, what yeah. that comes down to and to see david allen greer play a serious yeah, role that, not, not only serious and, a, and, and like a, a kind of a dark role yeah not even yeah not even, not even just China, it is a dark not role. even just serious but like this real mean piece of shit like oh yeah. an ugly fucking person um it is kind of a twist i think it's kind of like a a triumph for him just like as an actor because Because he's always doing like comedy shit um but yeah and then we're we're i i i I think this one is good too i think i like this one better than the first one okay yeah i could see it yeah so we're back in sims funeral parlor (laughs) yes we are uh again now now i feel like they start pulling the guns out because they're like all right man where's the fucking money stop or or where are the drugs we got the money come on where is the shit where is the proverbial shit the shit well hold on i have another story for you well they they like they like shut the casket and the doll falls off the thing he's like motherfucker you play with dolls and shit too and he's like yes um that doll I found in a house and you want to hear the story about it? And they're like, motherfucker, no. And he's like, well, I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and then we go into this next one. This uh, one, this one's called KKK Comeuppance. Yes. Uh, we have this literal David Duke stand in. Uh, but he is. His name is Duke. Duke Met- Metger Duke Metger, yeah. Uh, a former KKK guy who's running as a politician for mayor. I, he's like, yeah, a, or governor or something. He's like a something governor like that. Who is a literal former fucking Klan do, member. Do you think he know he knows, uh, Bo Gums? Probably. Friends with him? I think Bo Gums had a little bit more, uh, uh, sympathy than this fucking a little guy. bit more tact yeah a little bit more tact. uh too. yeah this guy is that stereotype he is that guy that that racist that everyone sees on tv or reads about in the in the local paper uh that is that is everybody hates yes he moves into the fucking historic plantation yeah and doesn't care what the locals think part of his camp uh, so like this story derived from like there was a campaign running at the time i forget who who was doing it but it was like basically like oh, the minorities are taking your jobs and blah 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 like it sure. was a campaign that like was r- like a real actual <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, can't me which now. is fucked up so they were just like Bloop, we're gonna take that and pop this in but yeah like you said to add insult to injury this fucking guy moves into a plantation house yeah. where like the guy who used to the plantation owner that used to own it when the slaves were set free, he went fucking ballistic and killed over like a 100 of them and like lynched them and shot them oh, and yeah. hung them and did all this horrible shit because if he couldn't have them, they couldn't be free kind of crazy yeah. bullshit. So um, then after that all happened, the souls of the slaves and stuff kind of stayed in the house and this voodoo priestess or something or this woman who was involved with voodoo like this older woman moved in and like carved these dolls Miss Cobbs Miss Cobbs and, and it put uh, the souls of these um, slaves into these dolls that she made and they kind of protect the house and they kind of call it the doll yeah. house kind, now, it's kind of like a Toulon situation a yeah it's bit. like a puppet master kind, of, kind of deal Um uh, but uh, with a lot more revenge kind of uh, embedded into it right from the get-go, yeah. not in the third or fourth sequel. Art Evans is there to give us yes, the lore the yes. lore dump. Um, and that telling him that telling Duke that he needs to move the fuck out because those <laughs> dolls are gonna kill his ass. <laughs> he sees the fucking reporter, yeah. he bum rushes them to get on camera like <laughs> that guy's racist! <laughs> yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, he's got the Confederate flag hanging all over the place, too. Well, there's like there's like protesters outside oh, the yeah. house. And he's like, Oh, I gotta get all these black people off the lawn well, and all this shit. It's like it's yeah, we yeah, well, he, and he's basically doing like practicing his speeches and whatnot with his like uh I, I guess he's like his campaign manager or something to that. Who's also a black guy? And the irony of like this black guy helping this piece of shit, dude, and like telling him like also, telling him what he should say to like also, reporters and also stuff. being racist at the same time. Yeah, well, he, well, fuck that guy. He's the first one to go because like they're told that this place is cursed or has something wrong with it and yeah. with dolls or ghosts or something to that yeah. effect. like ah we don't care whatever we're gonna repaint it all anyway oh yeah because there's a mural of these cobs and the and the um all the, the dolls, dolls like 50 of them it's great whatever. um yeah but like you were saying they're doing they're like going through campaign speeches and, and recording and it, recording filming it, it rather yeah. and his campaign manager's like, no, 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 you can't, you can't say that. Uh, You're too defensive and that's totally a racist thing to say. So he like says it the way he should say it and he's like, yeah, record me. This guy backs up towards the stairs, Backs up towards the stairs and fucking falls down the stairs and ends up like breaking his neck and like his head splits open. But... Did he fall or was he pushed, Joe? I don't know. We'll find out soon enough. Well, those eagle eyed viewers might have already <laughs> figured it out. <laughs> I caught it. Did you? Yeah, no, I did. Did you stop and rewind it? Not that time. Did you do a fucking ten and Well, that was deep red. Oh, deep but red. I guess excuse the, me. You could also do it in ten and for sure. <laughs> Ruin the movie for Ruin yourself. Ruin the movie for yourself. Yeah. So we're at the funeral of this guy. Everybody's there. Everybody's there. And like Duke's making some bullshit fucking like speech and like why, yeah. why he's it's OK that he's staying at the plantation house stuff. He's like, well, i trying to justify I didn't it. do it. It wasn't my ancestors right. just because I'm white or whatever. It's like, bro. Missing the point. Again, you, he's a former KKK guy. He you, doesn't care. You were in the clan and yeah. you're a fucking scumbag and you're literally just doing this to be a piece of yeah. shit. Yeah. So he gets in his limo and one of the fucking dolls is in the limo. Yes. Oh, I want to preface it with the fact that Duke tells the story about the dolls And the voodoo lady. And he was like trying to look around the house for these dolls because he wanted to like sell them or something. Yeah, he's like, oh, I was trying to sell them and see if they were worth something. Yeah, I love this shot too because it like pans down and he couldn't find them, but it's under the floorboards. Yes, yes. And it's fucking great. And it's creepy as fuck. By the way, the Kyoto Brothers... Designing these dolls and doing stop motion stuff, they're frightening. and stuff—they're fucking frightening—and coupled with Christopher Young's score with like that violin, it's almost had this Twilight Zone, the movie quality. Sure, to it. sure. I, it freaked me out as a fucking kid. Uh, and, and then of course this guy is just using every curse word and racist, you know, phrase under the sun whenever he can to complain about, you know, black and brown people. Yeah. Uh, so he throws his fucking doll out the window. Yes, right, right of right. the limo. And he's like, how dare you put this in here? Who let this person in here to bring this doll in here? And the driver's like, the black driver, by the way. Well, right, exactly. It's always just like, nobody. Nobody was in the fucking car, man. Shut up. Throws it out there. So he goes home. Well, now he notices like the painting on the wall. The one that he saw is now like missing from the painting. There's like a white spot where it was. It was like like an an outlap in the painting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then we get, like, this Chucky vision of this doll, like, running back to the house. This is some of the creepiest shit in this movie, okay? The doll runs up to the house, and dude is, like, chilling, having a drink or whatever. And he hears a knock at the door, and he's like, oh, whatever. So he was expecting somebody, so he goes to the door, he opens it up. There's nobody there. You hear the pitter-patter. And you hear the fucking little footsteps run through, man. And I'll tell you what. I don't care how many times I fucking see it in a killer doll movie. Sure. It's always effective. No, I agree. I agree. You don't even see it. You just hear it. And it's fucking, it's like, it's bone chilling. Scares the shit out of Dookie. grabs the double barrel. Oh man. Yeah. And uh, he turns around, he locks the door and turns around and the fucking thing is sitting on the stairs. Dude, I, I forget if it's right here or if it's a little bit further out, but he fucking starts unloading on this fucking <laughs> well, doll. Well, <laughs> no, it's sitting on the stairs and he's like, he's like, motherfucking fucker. And he picks up this oh, the vase yeah. and he throws it at it and it disappears. Right, and he like right. freaks out and runs into the room with the painting and takes the American flag and hits Mrs. Cobb's painting in the face like three times and it starts bleeding. Yeah. It's fucking creepy as hell. They did also show it earlier where it was kind of the eyeballs were in different like, positions. looking around or yeah. like smirking or whatever. Definitely like a haunted mansion kind of thing. So he goes looking all over the house for this fucking thing and it's it's really, you know, you hear the pitter patter and it's really creepy. He's tearing the fucking place apart. Yep. So after he hits the painting, this thing like swings on a chandelier and like bites the shit out of his neck <laughs> and is like tearing right. him up. right. And he, like, throws it down, and he hits it with the fucking flag. Right. So he ends up tacking it to a dartboard outside. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, like, tacks it up, and he's like, I'm going to blow your little balls off. Right, and then he shoots it with the shotgun. And, like, fucks it up. like Half of the time. head explodes and all this uh, shit. It's like Chucky at the end of the first yeah. Child's play when it gets blown up. His <laughs> head, oh, well, yeah, yeah kind of. Uh, and then he just thinks that's the end of it. There's not 50 more of those things in the painting to worry about. Absolutely not. Man. Walks in. There's four more missing there's in the like, painting. Four more missing. He He's starts, like, ah, shit. He fucking goes back out into the into the parlor, and uh the the fucking doll that he shot is now like standing in the doorway yeah. with its in like fixing like, its head. And the stop motion here is so fucking yeah. good. It runs after him, and he like runs back into his office. But he goes to close the door. This thing fucking thing like jumps and like pushes yeah. the door open. So it has like the strength of like a man. Well, again, and that's the thing a lot with it's those like the souls of, of the slaves. Yeah. Like again, like Chucky, where it's yeah. just like this. It, it, just because it's a little doll, it has like the power of a man. Yeah. Well, it has the the whole soul of yeah. a, of a slave in it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but they're also like the other ones are in the room with them already, so it doesn't uh, matter. Now all of the dolls are out of the painting. Oh yeah, yeah. Like and more than like like there's like maybe 20 or 30 or 40 or whatever in the painting but there's like 50 or 60 of these fucking pe- like dolls Man, surrounding him again like, i, I cavalcade of them i cannot stress the fact that the kyoto's like did such a great job with like making all these little well dolls. they're like the masters of making like multiple things well well i think they're one of the best little rubber monster oh and or stop motion animators like ever um because each one of these dolls at least that they focus on have something different about them something unique about them they're all in different clothes and stuff um so there was going to be a different ending here okay so you know how the dolls like start to close in and he has like the flag and he's like oh and he's screaming it was going (laughs) to cut there it was going to cut there and they were going to people were going to find him the next morning hung from a fucking tree with the american flag (laughs) like in front of the house don't hate that actually but I kinda like what we got man. it didn't like play well to audiences or whatever and the studio was like, Hey, we Too want to settle, I guess. Well, they wanna see they wanted to see the dolls go after him. Well, they we definitely got that. So the the la- that last part, the ending of this, all of that was like insert shots. Oh, okay. So they went back and like the Kyotos came back and like animated all them all, like jumping all over them and like fucking biting dude. They, they're just straight up zombie dude. attacking this guy. They are biting chunks out of him and like ripping his flesh off. It's well, fucking... like Willow or some shit with those that army of rats fucking oh, people, you know. Yeah yeah it's it's great it's, it's it's really good it is and then i love how and this granny damn fuck- <laughs> ass woman fucking appears in Cobb, the wheelchair she comes out of the or, painting of the too. rocking chair i mean her and vigo they yeah. come out of the oh, painting yeah, they're hanging out yeah she and my ties together <laughs> <laughs> she's rocking in the chair and uh she's just smiling as this fucking guy gets devoured by these dolls it's awesome it's really good uh i like this one a lot it's and great it's just some racist piece of shit uh, much like the first one I guess maybe maybe that's my theme so far with yeah. this is just like people getting what they deserve that's the whole point I mean yeah. that's the tales well, from, that's the, yeah, the tales exactly. from the uh, crypt no. MO dude. the EC uh, uh, code the, of pain yes and uh, it's glorious and uh, I, I can't really say much else it's a really good one this is my favorite okay I really like this one because well the dolls it, the dolls the killer yeah. fucking dolls man I I love it they're creepy I love the they, pra- and they they kind of have that, like that realism to them too yeah. like the faces the practical effects are really fucking cool I love this fucking I love how you fret I I love how Rusty and Darren have freshened up the killer doll thing mm. by like adding this whole another layer to it where it's like you know the dead souls the souls of these slaves are like in these little killer dolls and like this guy's a racist piece of shit and he totally gets his comeuppance but like he's also like not I don't want to say likable but like I enjoy watching him deal with these yeah deal no, with them. Yeah. And then like and then you know get fucking I mean he's also going out of his way to like purposely living at this plantation, yeah. not caring about like how the locals feel about it. Yeah. So it's like asshole being an asshole on top of being an asshole yeah. you know kind of thing it just it's just a it's a very I don't know it this one just feels the most to me like a, a crypt sure and I and I really enjoy it I don't know uh, I, I think it's the dolls <laughs> I really like it the more I'm thinking about it, as you're saying it it might be my favorite but and let's talk about the last one first but y- yeah yes, yeah so we're back in the parlor again we're walking around finally we get to the, one of the last rooms of the house. Yes. And now they're not really having any of it, man. They're fucking pissed off. They watch, Again, they've been walking around for an hour as far as the yeah. runtime's time's concerned. And they're like, what the fuck? And he, he's like, we want the shit right now. Give it to us. So they pull the fucking they guns, the guns out. the guns out now. Shit. But they open the casket. and are like, well, what about this fucking guy? And they all fucking like go white because they're just like, we know that fucking. He's like, he's a friend of yours. You know him. He's like, yeah, we know him. He's like, no, we don't fucking know him, and all this stuff. Right. Um, and then we get the last story. Yes, which is hard, core convert. Now this is uh, kind of an interesting one. So we we kick this one off where this guy Crazy K, Crazy K, who is, is the, who is the guy in the in the casket. Yes. Lamont Bentley, by the way, he was, uh, well, who was he? He was, uh, he was Hakeem Campbell on Moesha for like the whole (laughs) series. And that, (laughs) that character is a completely opposite of what he he plays in this movie. Well, in this one, he's chasing down his rival, little Deke. Yeah. He sees his car. He's like, oh, I know that car anywhere. Yeah. Fucking goes up to him. This guy gets out of his car, like trying to walk into his house. And this guy just gets out, crazy K, and just starts shooting him. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think I saw you. Boom, 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 blows him away. Little deke's like, what, What's up, man? What are you doing? Yeah. I can't even fucking see. And, he, I, I, and he's like, like and You know what you did, motherfucker? He's like, I don't even know who you are. And he's just shooting yeah. the shit out of him. And so then, crazy K, like, I don't know what he was thinking. Like, he was just gonna leave. Also, he has a KK, you know, shaved into his head. Yeah, it's crazy K. Yeah. And then just the guy's boys come out and they just, like, start beating the shit out of they him and shooting shoot him. They fucking shoot him in his chest. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, like, <laughs> bleeding out of the mouth, barely alive. <laughs> he falls to the ground and they're, like, questioning him and shit. He's like, you want you, know, you want to shoot you in the fucking head or the chest and blah, blah, blah. The fucking cops roll up. and They got him surrounded. And, like, they start, and then they shoot the three boys, the three guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, as they, they're running away. As they're running away, they shoot him. So Crazy K is... Picked up and taken. Right, because he barely survives. Yeah. So we're gonna put him in the nemesis program. <laughs> the fucking... Hell in a bottom to say, there, they're gonna make to it there, the, yeah, they're gonna Sam turn him into a fucking Terminator. Yeah, before Sam Worthington accepted, they had to ask other people to be sure. Uh, yeah. This guy for, he's been there for four years. He's recovered. He's in great shape. Yeah. and they want to make him a machine or yeah. something. Doctor Cushing wants to make yeah. it, wants to rehabilitate him. Uh, Rosalind Cash, by the way. Yes, who I believe was in. I forget the movie, but I remember her from um a different world that yes. Cosby show spinoff. Yep. Yeah, she's in a bunch of stuff. Oh, in Omega. The... She's in Omega Man. Oh, okay. There yeah. you go. Definitely a lot of stuff around that time I was reading. Yeah. Uh, or, or like 70s, 80s, too, yeah. especially. Also, just a morbid thing of, of coincidence in real life. Uh, Lamont and um, and Rosalind died the same year after making this. Oh, wow. She passed away from cancer and he was in a car crash. Oh, died. my God. So I just thought that was like really strange. Um, It is. Yeah. And, and basically the whole thing is that she says to him, well, you're going to be in solitary confinement for the rest of your life because you were just this like crazy fucking criminal who just like killed people for no reason. Or you could do this experiment and whether it succeeds or not, well, we'll let you go. Let you free. Yeah. She gives him like a glimmer of hope that he can get out. And, and it's like this experimental rehabilitation. But She doesn't even, like really give him an option. No. He's just like thinking about it still. And she's like fucking sticking tubes up his nose. With <laughs> ah, <laughs> like, me? When they take him to this fucking place, it's like the Hellraiser Two Hell World, like yeah. mixed with like Koopa Tower and Koopa City. I think one. this is what fucking Keanu Reeves woke up in in the Matrix. Oh, that bod, they fucking strap him into this like device, this clockwork orange ass yeah. fucking device, where they like jam a tube up his nose, like you were saying, and like a ball in his mouth that like shoots this green liquid in it. Yeah, uh, and then like this fucking eyes VR thing. Yeah, and it's basically like a like a brainwashing technique. Well, wow, it's like they're showing him what he's done, almost, Man, it feels like. This. Like, hey, look at all this fucked up shit you did. Why'd you like you keep showing people getting shot? Th- this is. And, like, these, like, gang war kind of, like, footage. Yeah, but, like, all of that is, like, fake. And it's, like, black on black crime, basically. Well, that's a lot of the message and, on but, this one in particular. But what's really scary about this scene is, like, flashes of these black and white photos of, like, real clan lynchings oh, yeah. and stuff of, like, actual, uh... African American people like getting fucking hung from trees and shit which is terrifying and disgusting and it's just like I've never seen anything like that. Well right in a movie. Yeah yeah yeah. Like like, like, this is like that's why I was I I had said on like the live show like this is like a black horror movie Mm. that I've I've never seen anything like this. You know what I mean? And for them to put that in this part specifically and like basically show him The error of his ways, and like, and like, look what you're doing. Like, like, you've been oppressed for so. Like, our race has been like so oppressed, and like, you're you're taking out our own people. You're taking out your own your own people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just to be part of the gang life or whatever, and like, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. And like, you're just a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. So then they 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 put him in solitary a dep- uh, a, a sensory deprivation right thing. right 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 they like lower him down in this fucking chair <laughs> it's like fucking Ollie yeah but he's <laughs> in his underwear by the, the whole time yeah, by the well, way he, you know they got to show up that pack with his fucking donger poking yeah, out yeah so he's in the sensory sensory deprivation chamber which is just basically this like wooden room that's like lower down to the ground like yeah. in a basement almost yeah. Uh, below sea level, I guess, is the idea. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, he just, just starts like, fucking s- old. He just starts seeing shit. She's like, "You're not going to see here or, or, or be able to do anything." Second, he goes down there. A huge light comes on, and then these like ghosts start coming out. And it's like, "Yeah, we're the people you killed. Uh, some of us were bad. Some of us were just like sta- you know, bystanders." And there's like a little girl there's, and like an like old woman like, yeah, and there's stuff like, like a that. strobing effect, and the, it, because. There's like layers to it, right? Sure. Because he's like, he's like, I was your boy. Like, where the fuck did you shoot me? And he's like, you always coming up short. So, like, so fuck you, motherfucker. Right. Yeah. I'm not gonna give you a reason. I just shot you. Yeah. And like these other guys are like, we didn't even kill your 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 boy. Like, why'd you shoot us? And he's yet. like, fuck you, motherfuckers. Get out of here. And then yeah. this little girl shows up, and she's like, I wasn't doing anything. Like, I was just playing in my room, and you shot a bullet came through my window and you killed me. And he's like, he's like, a bullet ain't got no name, and blah blah blah. Well, because his whole thing is he doesn't take responsibility no. for his actions, no. even when they're presented to him in this way. Yeah. And I guess, you know, there's obviously some supernatural element to this, because, again, this is a Tails thing. Uh, with him seeing these 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 ghosts I'll I'll just refer to them as but Dr. Cushing's like you don't feel any remorse like you don't feel like this was your responsibility and he's like the only only responsibility I have is myself my actions aren't my responsibility that's not my problem and she's like you're fucking blowing it. You're missing the point. I know. And what what really fucking threw me for a loop is we didn't mention it, but yeah, like sure. when she puts him when she when they first bring him in and like put him in the in the cage oh, next yeah. to that fucking white supremacist guy. Oh yeah, and he's like, like he, testing him. Yeah. Well, and, and, and she, did on, spec, she, she did it on purpose. She did it on purpose. And this fucking this actor is fucking amazing. Yeah. By the way, right before he gets onto the slab, when right he's in the solitary confinement there's yeah. like an in-between you're right where there's where he's in like those cages that kind of look like the cages they're in in super mario oh toad is right above <laughs> him playing the fucking harmonica dude yeah like i said it's koopa city yeah. and, and the fucking hell it world could be, but you're right that's a powerful scene so, with the racist nazi guy it really it really hits home because it's like here's this fucking racist piece of shit like talking about like exterminating like all the black people and like all this stuff and he's like building an army and he's like we're gonna save some of you so you can be slaves for us or whatever and, he's like you want to be on our side. And he fucking punches this guy in the mouth. But then he's like he's like yeah you kill people he's like what color were the people you killed? And he's like they were black weren't they? And he's like you're you're cool with me or whatever. Yeah. It's like fuck dude like do you like just from that uh uh experience that that altercation that he just had like didn't open your fucking eyes at all and then like now back in the century deprivation yeah, well, right, chamber yeah. he's like uh, the doc is like uh, oh what are you gonna blame your mom you're gonna blame your dad you're gonna blame the school he does and he's like yeah it's all their fault that's why i'm a fucking scumbag and like yeah. fuck you like i'm not gonna change yes yeah, so, someone that's not gonna be rehabilitated no. also i guess is part of it too um and they're just like all right well fine and he's like yeah i don't fucking want this i don't fucking want this fuck you fuck you fuck you and then like it flashes I don't back. give a fuck I don't he give says. a fuck I don't give a fuck I don't give a fuck it flashes back and he's back on the street yeah basically because again, bleeding out supernatural bullshit because it's still Question it's mark. one of those kind of movies yeah. and it's like well if you don't give a fuck we're taking this all back you're back where you just yeah. were motherfucker and yeah like Joe just said it's he- almost like some kind of weird Scrooge that's exactly exactly yeah. yeah and he's saying oh, i don't give a fuck and in now in the response to where are we gonna shoot you yeah oh you don't <laughs> give a fuck boom they fucking blow they fucking away every light orifice. them up dude <laughs> they light them up and, and then you you find out uh that well these aren't just some shadowy figures. No. Which I is is very smart with the way that this is lit. With, you and you can you figure know, it out, but we didn't, we didn't want to give it give it away until right now. Yeah, but it's like that that, that worm-eye view, like from the ground yeah. up. So yeah. it's like the light behind them. It's cool. And their voices are kind of altered a little bit. Yeah. But it is our, our three characters that are here with Mr. Sims. Again, Sack, Bulldog, and Ball or whatever the fuck yeah. they're in here. Ball Sack. And the three T T-scrope. Stack. Stack. I even call him Sack the whole episode. <laughs> so what do you think of hardcore convert i like that one a lot i don't know i think because it works with the wraparound it it like works a little better for me like like all together might not be my favorite it might actually be the one prior to that yeah uh, with the dolls like the more i'm thinking about it but this one was kind of fun especially like the whole thing of like oh you were so fucking hard and you just basically down to just The final minute, you would never let go, and you're gonna just never gonna like take responsibility for your actions. So fuck you too, I guess. And then you're like, well, I guess you're dead. (laughs) That's that's such like a powerful thing too, because like the way that wraps up, like he learned nothing. Yeah, he learned nothing. And Sims was like, yeah, some people just can't be reasoned with, and like some people won't change. Right, and you just gotta fucking kill them. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that's such a it's such a sad ending to that one because there's a lot of people that do fucked up shit all the time or like, don't again, don't take accountability for their actions, live life, ruin people's fucking lives. And don't even fucking, it doesn't even bother them no. at night. Well, look, you know? look at, look at the first one with Clarence. I mean, we didn't even really talk about that, but like it's heavily implied that he's either just dead. Cause they're in hell. Like we find out at the end here, or he killed himself or something. Cause if he's in that casket and he was in the insane asylum, either way, he didn't make it. No one's safe. No. in this movie, no, <laughs> Um, they're all bad people, or or at least they're definitely not good people. Yeah, I like this one too. It, it's it's not it's it's not even my second favorite, but it's 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 good. Yeah. Um. So they so so they they all point their guns at Sims because they're like motherfucker, you know we killed him, right? And well, he's like, right. I don't give a shit. I got drugs. I want to sell you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever the shit, we gotta go get the shit. you get the shit. And then as they're about to just say, well, fuck it. They go down into a basement. He's like, okay, fine. For real, 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 real this yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and they're about to blow him away. Yeah. And he goes to the back and he's like, the shit's in there. In coffins, of course. That's where I'd hide the fucking drugs, stupid. They'll go check it out. And then, and then Stackball and, and Bulldog all go up <laughs> to the coffins and they open them one at a time. And guess who the fuck's in each coffin? Themselves! Themselves! Oh, no! Whee! Weow. Yeah. And then uh they're just like, What the fuck is this? Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, by the way, uh yeah, after you shot Crazy K, K? <laughs> uh, yeah, all his-, his boys came and yeah. shot and fucking killed your yeah, ass? Exactly. It wasn't the cops, it was his boys. He's like, uh, You're he's like, We're dead? He's like, Yep. <laughs> yes, yeah, this, this is fucking hell. Where did you think you were? And he literally transforms into Satan or the devil or something. Ah, before he does, well, that, his eyes turn red first. The, the banger. Dude. Well, his eyes turn red and the fucking guns get hot and fall oh, out of his yeah, hand. Oh yeah, yeah, He's just yeah. Just like yeah. welcome to hell, motherfuckers. Oh yeah, no, you're right. You have to say that. <laughs> it's like so. Clarence Williams has like a space in his teeth and like a tongue flicks out of it. Oh yeah, it's kind of great. Uh, and then he turns into this fucking giant, crazy Satan monster. Yeah, uh, done. By screaming mad george okay. it's weird man it's got like this it, long torso with these yeah. big legs it looks crazy george, I love how crazy, just... screaming mad george wanted to make it look like a big cancer oh okay yeah, yeah so yeah, I, I think I he accomplished it cool, yeah i love how then they're just like surrounded by fire like oh yeah they're like burning in hell and it looks the fire looks a little dodgy but like i, th- I still I think, think it, it works. works for the scene 100 yeah. uh, so yeah that's sales from the hood is this on the shelf or in the dumpster Uh, this is definitely on the shelf. Easy. Uh, every segment's kind of great. I don't have a complaint about any of them. Again, there's like one or two that are a little weaker, but I mean, that first one's amazing. The last one's amazing. The third one's the weakest one's the second one. And it's not even that bad. Uh, and the wraparound's kind of great. Uh, again, like I haven't seen too many wraparounds where they kind of cut back to it. I'm sure it's been done before, but this is one that's very standout-ish. Uh, to have kind of those in between scenes rather than just beginning and end. Yeah, uh, like a creep show, for example. Well, we do come back to the comic book, but I see what you mean. Yeah, no, that yeah. is true. And I guess creep show too actually does have those in betweens. Now that I'm saying that. Yeah. Uh, but but they're cool in this. I like it, and like it is kind of fun to poke fun at the fact that they're walking around this funeral home. But when you find <laughs> out at the end they've been in hell the whole time, so who cares? It's like, pretty great. There's no real time involved at that point. T- yeah. Technically, uh, it's yeah, like it, like you literally just said, it's kind of great. Yeah. Um, Clarence Williams, I think he said his name was, yeah. as, as Mr. Sims is awesome and, and brings a lot to this when he didn't really have to for this kind of like bit part. He He's just fantastic. Uh, and, and his look with the with the Afro puffed out yeah, smoking and his fucking cigar. Yes. Yes. He nailed it. It's completely suit. eccentric. And I love it. I, it it's, it's it's really fun. Um, I kind of like how each one is pieced together where it's like, oh, well, this guy's in a casket. How did he get here? That's kind of an interesting concept overall that I like. Yeah. Uh, and again, like, I, I, without sounding like a broken record, I do I do think they are all good, and I really could just be nitpicky if I wanted to. Yeah. But nothing really falters in here. There's nothing I'm like, like, there's other anthologies, like Creepshow 2, uh, like The Hitchhiker, for example. I mean, talking about that's, com- you know, with the same actor, and this is kind of funny, but that kind of just goes on for way too long. Yeah. But it's a very good concept. This kind of loses me after a while. This one, none of them lost me. Uh, they all kind of like kept my attention from beginning to end. I was ready for the next one by the time it was coming, but I wasn't feeling like, let's get to it. Yeah. Uh so very well done. We we'll definitely watch it again. And I don't know why I waited so long, but I'm <laughs> glad we covered it on this show so I can finally cross it off my list. Hell yeah, man. And if you don't have it, you should pick up the uh, have the, the shout factory uh Blu-ray. To I'm be, going it's a beautiful to. transfer. Um, yeah, this is definitely on the shelf for me big time. Um I grew up with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um and watching it now and actually talk about it and reviewing it um has given me a, a more of appreciation for it because some of the stuff like I understood what was going on yeah when I was younger but like to really get the full scope of like the uh the integration of on, of uh, what they wanted to say on like a political level and like social commentary level um is really well done like yeah I didn't like, even comment on that that's a that's a good point that that kind of really elevates it as yeah, a whole. Yeah, and that's my favorite kind of horror mm. is when you can have a, a really solid message like that and then put that fucking supernatural stank on it or whatever it is. Um, Because I I mean, I've said that for years, I, I which I think is just common sense when you're making wow, a movie yeah. is to like, you need, the base needs to be strong. It has to have legs. Right, and, it crumbles otherwise. And the way that this gives it legs is uh problems in the black community uh hardships that they were facing uh domestic abuse which affects kind of everybody so that you can relate on that level um the the inherent racism that's like been that was rampant uh, at at one time and even still is going on in the current issues and all that bullshit it all hasn't gone away unfortunately no unfortunately not but my point is it's like it all ties up with it weaves itself through yeah the horror stories being told where the scariest part are those realities well exactly you know what exactly. i mean we are we are the monsters you know and and i think that i think that's always makes for the best kind of story true um because the, you know there are no real monsters except us right <laughs> you know what i yeah, mean like right. that's what you should be scared of not, not a guy with a green arm coming out of yeah, a closet. yeah not yeah. yeah not the fucking creature that lives under your bed you know yeah. what i'm saying um as an anthology it's fucking solid as hell oh, yeah. like from top to bottom it's fucking beautiful and for a black horror movie from what i've seen sure this takes the fucking taco i mean it is just it, it. again it's like it's fucking beautiful and uh uh rusty and darren knew exactly what they were making and they're fans of the genre and fans of um anthology movies in general, and can put that urban spin on it, and work weave all that stuff in, and I think it's fucking done brilliantly. And uh, again, Clarence Williams is fucking great. Everybody's really good in this. It's it's so weird to see David Ellen Greer in in this kind of role. Yeah, um, there is comedy in this, and I appreciate it. Um, but it also gets very scary and very real at other points too. so it kind of it kind of yeah. navigates the up and down way less comedy in this compared to like a creep show for sure but it, it is it, it is there yeah know? no for sure but it's it's supposed to be yeah you know? and, sure. and again like like dude in um, and my, my, my favorite story by the way my favorite story is uh, the cakeK up it's with the puppy, mm. with the with the dolls um but again like that guy Duke is like so fucking over the top that it's yeah. like it's it's laughable like he's a piece of shit but you, you can also laugh at it right now I, I get what you're saying Do you know yeah, what i'm yeah, saying yeah, and i don't mean so in, over the top yeah I, mean, I don't mean in like a in like a, a negative way um but um yeah uh, they're all solid stories but again you know the uh the uh, the monster one the boys to be bruised one and um the doll one are my favorites um it's really great And I love this movie so much. (laughs) And I'm glad we finally talked about it. No, yeah. This was a a ton of fun to dive into. Yeah. So, yeah, before you get out of here, if you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor and hit that like button and hit that subscribe button if you haven't. Um, And please share the video with your friends. If you dig it, the best way to do it is word of mouth. Okay? Spread it around town if you're digging it, you know? Spread around that dumpster sauce. Spread around that dumpster juice. Oh, you little, one scoop or two? What do you think? Uh, Three. Uh, three? I'm not driving. Oh, that's... (laughs) a little home alone too bro Uh, I'll reference there for you there you go and if you listen on your favorite podcast app don't forget please leave us a five star review if you dig the show or whatever that may be a thumbs up a fucking uh, whatever whatever the rating system is wherever you're listening and by the way um, if you're listening on your podcast app you can, you know, you lit. we said it before. There's, there's gonna be ads now on the uh, the podcast feed. So if you want to get an ad free audio only version of the show, head over to Patreon.com/slash dumpster for two dollars. You get ad free episodes. Plus you get minisodes. Plus you get junk mails. It's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Okay. And we also have five and ten dollar tiers. And $5 gets you a sticker pack and commentary tracks and live watch-alongs and a $10 get you a t-shirt, sticker pack, a pin, live watch-alongs, commentary tracks, and all of the stuff from the $2 tier. So you get a a lot of goodies. A ton of shit. Support your favorite show. Yes. (laughs) Movie dumpster. But yeah, keep an eye out on Patreon. We're going to have the the New Jack City uh, commentary. Yes. We're going to have the Bones mini-sode. We're going to have a live watch-along of... uh,
1: don't, Don't be, be a, a menace. menace to
0: South Central while you're drinking your juice in the hood. And then for those mainline episodes, what do we got coming up? Our next episode coming up is Thriller: A Cruel, a Cruel Picture. Oh, yeah. AKA, they call her One-Up. Yes, with, uh, we're going to have a special guest for that one: Jenna Fryer. Yes, back coming on back. the show of the video dungeon for the first time but she's coming back to the show after that body melt episode the infamous body melt episode <laughs> from several years back it's gonna be so cool to have her like in the, in the dungeon like talking yes. to her like in person it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, first guest of the year too yeah. so a little bit of a double whammy yeah that's gonna be a good one and uh, that movie if you haven't seen it watch it in preparation because yes. it's amazing pick up we're going to be talking about him but pick up that Vinegar Syndrome uh, rem- uh, remaster yes it's fucking gorgeous that Blu-ray head over there and grab it um, we also have the Shin Ultraman Ripe yes. Review somewhere it, if it's not out yet it's coming and uh, keep your eyes peeled for the announcement of whatever our live show will be or our live wrap up for February uh, coming soon uh, and then beyond that we'll see you in March So that's it. That's Tales from the Hood from 1995, directed by Rusty Cundiff. I'm Joel Escola. And I'm Sean O'Rourke. Thanks for visiting the dumpster.